I'm Alex Schwartz. I'm Nomi Fry. I'm Vincent Cunningham, and this is Critics at Large, a New Yorker podcast for the culturally curious. Each week, we're going to talk about a big idea that's showing up across the cultural landscape, and we'll trace it through all the mediums we love. Books, movies, television, music, art. And I always want to talk about celebrity gossip, too. Of course. We hope you'll join us for new episodes each Thursday. Follow Critics at Large today, wherever you get podcasts. This episode of Live Wire is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving or cleaning, even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hey there, welcome to the Best News Podcast from Livewire, brought to you by Alaska Airlines. This is the show where we talk about what is good out there in the news. I'm Luke Burbank, right over there is my dear friend and best news compadre, Elena Passarello. Hi, Elena. I'm your best newsarista. That's exactly what you are. Like a barista. It's week week five. Week cinco. Week cinco of the Best News Podcast. I feel like it's... It's lightening my mood. When, when we get done recording this, I always feel like, yeah, there is good news happening out there. So I hope it's working for the listeners, but I feel like on a personal level, this has been kind of good and kind of therapeutic for me. You got a glow about you, Burbank. I'm assuming mm-hmm. that it's from... That's the ring light. I have two <laughs> ring lights going, actually. I'm not even kidding. Uh, I've taken to wearing much more makeup for these video calls uh, than I had at the beginning of the pandemic doing. I use um, a mattifier, take some shine off, and then I have a little concealer from Revlon, put that on, and I fire up the (laughs) ring lights, all basically for you, Elena, so that I look semi-presentable for this show. That actually reminds me of what I think is my personal best news this week. All right. Um, It it involves the fact that I am moving in the opposite direction of you, Mr. Burbank, (laughs) whereas you're working harder to become... More and more glowy and let's say, I mean, you're, you're always, you always look great. I'm making over. Are you making under? I just discovered a new article of clothing that's going to make it even easier for me to be a total slacker on Zoom meetings. Because when we started, I was like special ordering fun tops mm-hmm. and like playing with hair things that only looked good from the front and doing makeup tutorials back in <laughs> 2021 or whatever when we were still doing live wire out of my closet. <laughs> yeah, because there was, there was the movement. I feel like the phases of the pandemic were, hey, you know, you can just practice self-care and, and wear your sweats. And then the next wave of it was, no, it's actually really good psychologically to uh, try to treat it yeah. like – you know, regular life. Therefore, let's all try to get really kind of gussied up for these virtual events. And I don't know where people landed. If it makes you feel any better, Elena, I'm going to take a few steps away from the camera when you see the full reveal. (laughs) 
shorts. <laughs> I'm going on a jog after this, and I was too lazy to shower twice today, so I have on a collared shirt oh my God. and running shorts. I so haven't it's... showered twice since the 19th century or whatever. Total. <laughs> yeah, total. Yeah. You've no, had was, one I'm... and a half showers during the pandemic. I am definitely not getting more presentable, but I just mm. got advertised on social media, this thing called the work robe. And I cannot wait to get it because now I'm kind of like what pajamas look the most like a shirt is sort of the way. Like I, I once I texted our executive producer, Laura, can you tell I'm wearing a pajama top right now at one point? <laughs> she very clearly said no. But the work robe is just a beautiful cotton robe, but it's got like a, a, a starchy looking collar. So like from the like sternum up, it looks like mm-hmm. you're wearing a collared shirt. It has like like regular sleeves, and there's no no animals on it or anything. Like most mm-hmm. of my bathrobes, it's just like a, it looks like a like a white cotton shirt, like a polo almost. But it's really a robe. So <laughs> smart. It looks like a wrap dressed. How did it take two and a half years for so, in, of a pandemic for or however long we've been in this thing for someone to invent that? That's genius. I know. Like I'm, I'm, I'm getting to the point where like that is. I, there's going to be a moment where even that feels too much. Where it's like, oh man, I got to <laughs> switch from my regular robe to my work robe. The professional life is a grind. <laughs> I think the best news from my week is kind of related to that. Okay. To the idea of personal comfort. I uh, also work for CBS Sunday Morning, the TV show, and sometimes I'll record these commentaries for them. And the last time I was in New York, I recorded a few. Mm -hmm. And then they never tell me when they're going to be on TV. (laughs) So I woke up to a flurry of activity on my Twitter account on Sunday because they had put the one out where I basically admitted to the world that throughout the pandemic, pretty much any time I'm not like recording something like this with you, Elena, or the regular Livewire show or one of my other gigs... I'm sitting in bed typing on my laptop. Ah! Like everyone's really, you know, into these standing desks. I am really into the idea of a bed desk. Oh, yeah. And I feel like we should normalize that a little bit. And of course, everyone's physicality is different. Some people may need to do something like that for for physical reasons. For me, it's been totally voluntary, but (laughs) totally comforting. I think I said in the uh, commentary that I'm part of a um, silent but cozy majority. (laughs) Well, I mean... Proust wrote that whole three-volume novel in bed, and Lauren Hildebrand, one of our best nonfiction writers. Uh, yeah, I think Seabiscuit. She, it was either Seabiscuit or the next one that she wrote about the veteran. One of those was Didn't Dalton in bed. Trumbo write in the bathtub? Ooh, that's Famously? Cool. I know, right? Well, I didn't know the uh, Proust and the Laura Hildebrand thing. That actually makes me feel even better. Because I forgot that I had recorded this, I had completely put it out of my mind. And then it's on national television. I don't know, like 6 million people see it. And then on Twitter, everyone was just like, thank you for saying this because I am typing this to you from bed. And I like to do some of my best work. Well, maybe it's the couch. Maybe it's a comfy chair. Yeah. Like the, I feel like the comfy folks really came out of the woodwork for this commentary. And it made me happy because I felt like, uh, one... I don't have to pretend anymore that for Mm -hmm. most of the workday, I'm actually just like standing at this desk. Probably not. I'm probably sitting on my bed. And it was nice to know that there's a community of folks out there that feel the same way. Uh, Except for a lady named Yvonne. Uh Uh-oh. CBS put uh, this uh, tweet out that said something like, bed desks are the new standing desk or something. I don't have any control over this. You know, that's like the social media aspect of CBS television. And a bunch of people retweeted it and whatever. There was only one reply to it. And it was this person named Yvonne who just said, no, they aren't. 
<laughs> which was a devastating burn. I had no response to it. What's the opposite of a bed desk? That's what Yvonne has, like a parachute well, desk. Or right. Something. <laughs> a bungee cord, yeah. a bungee jumping desk. Where, uh, yeah, what's the maximum amount of like physical activity you can be doing mm-hmm. uh, while, while at your desk? But anyway, that was, that was good news for me this week. I'm finally able to tell the world that yes, most of the time, if you're emailing me, if you're calling me, if you're not looking at the whites of my eyes on one of these uh, you know, <laughs> video camera type connections, just know I'm probably lying down. <laughs> uh, what's the best news from the wider world? That you saw this week, Elena. Oh, I love this story. Uh, this uh, comes to you and me and everybody uh, from northern Michigan, somewhere okay. toward the top of the mitten. Really, where the story is, is in the mind of a wonderful five-year-old. Okay. And that five-year-old's name is Clark Todebush. And he's five years old, which means he spent like a quarter of his life in pandemic mode which is just amazing to think about. Um, And uh, one of the things while he was at home, obviously in lockdown, his mother tried really hard to teach him social skills and coping skills and things like that to help him through being an only child in the pandemic and to prepare him for kindergarten. But you know, you never know if those things stick with a Mm five-year-old, but she's she's trying, she's working hard and uh, it really paid off. And so he's driving to kindergarten with his mother, Gwyneth, and they're doing that coping skill where they're visualizing their day and talking about how they mm-hmm. feel about it. And um, Gwyneth says, you know, I have a meeting and I'm, I'm, I'm really anxious about it. And then all of a sudden, Clark just turns into therapist extraordinaire and drops a series of truth bombs that were so good, she had to make them into a Twitter thread. And that Twitter thread, since January 25th, has gotten 18,000 retweets, 94,000 likes. I read about it in the New York Times. Everybody needs Clark's advice right now. Yeah, what, what is this little, this little Matt Foley saying? There are like 12 pearls of wisdom. I'll, I'll maybe just read you. I'll read you my favorite and then I'll read you David, my partner's favorite. Um, okay. so some of my favorites are, you got to say your affirmations in your mouth and your heart, mom. You got to say, I am brave of this meeting. I am loved. I smell good. And then you say five or three or 10 times until you know it. That's inspirational. How about this one? You got to walk big, mama. You got to mean it like Dolly on a dinosaur because you got it. And and Dolly is Dolly Parton. Apparently he loves the Dolly Parton Netflix show, Code of Many Colors. So somebody has already made a t-shirt of Dolly on a dinosaur. That's going to be a big seller on the internet. I mean, if if you told me that Dolly Parton has also recently started riding dinosaurs, I'd be like, yeah, Yeah. that checks out. That's on brand for her. And I love that a five-year-old understands the power of Dolly Parton. Here's maybe my absolute favorite one. Think about the donuts of your day. Even if you cry a little, you can think about potato chips. And I think I said in an earlier Best News how I feel about potato chips. But yeah, think about the donuts of your day, the potato chips of your day, the treats. Use those things to remind you that maybe it's the Best News podcast. Maybe we're the donuts Mm -hmm. of someone's day, right? Wait, does it say anywhere in the article where he got these phrases from did he invent these has he been like secretly reading tony robbins like under the covers before bed like the donuts of your day is legit really good i'll probably have a tattoo that says donuts of your day uh, within six months 
just to remind myself of that of that idea. No, I think it's like his interpretation of these coping skills that his mother has been trying to work with him as an only child in the pandemic who, you know, has had to deal with all of this stuff. She's just been trying and then it just all came out. And some of them I think hit home for certain people and some of them hit home for others. This is the one that my partner likes the best. And the thing that I love about this one is that in the New York Times article, Gwyneth was trying to translate like what Dolly on a Dinosaur means for the uh, writer of the article. <laughs> Gwyneth couldn't translate this one, but David, my partner, was like, I totally know what that means. The affirmation is never put a skunk on a bus. <laughs> Does that make sense to you? <laughs> well, I would like to hear what was David's read on that? It's like uh, uh, sabotaging yourself. Right. Like, don't put a skunk on your bus. Like if you're if you have like mm-hmm. this plan to move forward and you start second guessing yourself or whatever, that's putting a mm-hmm. skunk on your bus. Don't put a skunk on your bus. Don't put a skunk on your bus. Don't you know? Don't spend too much time dealing with toxic people. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe somebody who's not the greatest sort of element of your life. They could be the skunk on your bus. I mean, skunks are lovely. They sure are. I like skunks, so I, I don't want the skunk lobby to come after us. But in terms of what they could do on a bus, it is pretty uh, aggressive. Yeah, I, I I watch these people that have pet skunks on TikTok, and I have to admit they are so, so cute. incredibly the little adorable. babies. Oh my god! You know, speaking of young people doing incredible things, the best news that I saw out there this week is kind of on that theme. It's the story of a uh, a 22 year old Harvard student. Her name is Julia Rue, and she has always been a big fan of Disney musicals and mm. musicals in general. And like everyone, the pandemic has been really kind of tough on her. For one thing, unfortunately, her grandfather passed away from COVID. And so it meant that her uh, grandmother moved in with her parents. And her grandmother and grandfather were actually from South Korea. Um, And so uh, Julia, during this time when her grandmother's been living with her family, has been spending a lot of time talking to her grandmother and kind of learning some Korean folktales and stuff that she said she wasn't really that in touch with in her youth. Mm -hmm. And she heard the story, uh, the the fable, I guess, called The Blind Man's Daughter, which uh, tells the story of a Korean princess named Shim Chong who has to save her father. And when Julia heard this story, a kind of light bulb went off in her head that this would be a great sort of Disney-style musical premise. Whoa. And that also... She had noted uh, for all the different kind of Disney heroines and, and, and princesses, if you will, there hasn't been one that's been Korean-American. Right. And so she felt like that was kind of an, uh, a bit of an oversight. And so she didn't just wait around for Disney or Pixar or somebody else to get to it. She decided to write her own musical, which she has now done as her senior thesis project at Harvard. Whoa. She wrote the entire script, the entire screenplay. She has written 15 original songs for this thing and they are incredible oh yeah she's been playing little snippets on tiktok and these like tiktoks are getting thousands and thousands of views because these songs are so good now just understand this is a harvard student she's not even done with the project this is a work in progress but she's been writing these songs at home she sings all of the parts she records them like, this is a song called I'm Coming Home off of this, uh, I guess you could say, forthcoming musical. Tell the world I'm on my way. I don't know when, but I know someday I'm coming. 
that's a little sample. I mean, uh, does she so have Disney? <laughs> does she have the style down? I've, the I vo- swear, yeah. like, if, you, if if you woke me up out of a dead sleep, I would go, oh yeah, I used to take my daughter to that movie, or we used to have right. that CD in the car. Like, it sounds yeah. so so like perfectly in that kind of genre. Yeah. She knows she knows the genre. She does. R.I.P. <laughs> Alex Trebek. Uh, the other thing that's been really cool about these TikTok videos that uh, Julia's been putting up is that she also breaks down how she's actually producing the songs because she has to be the voice of all the characters. She's like doing this at her house. Wow. So she uses this program called Logic Pro where you can you know, record things and then mix them and do all kinds of processing. This is a TikTok video where she's explaining how she processes her voice for the male characters. Here's how I went from sounding like this. Now all of the fish in the sea can't stop me. To sounding like this. I've traveled east, been to the west. So far I haven't been impressed. I do all my recording, editing, and orchestration in Logic Pro. Usually I'll start by singing the song in a key that's comfortable for me. I've traveled east, been to the west. So far I haven't been impressed. From there I'm going to go over to information and I'm going to go over to transpose and I'm just going to pull it down. I find that negative five or negative six is the sweet spot when you want to go from a soprano to a tenor. I've traveled east, been to the west. So far I haven't been impressed. It's all just brown and green and things I've seen before. It's a candy. Something a little more. I mean, like, look, all due respect to the like Andrew Lloyd Webbers of the world, but mm-hmm. they were not in Logic Pro. Also, no. like producing these amazing songs and being all the voices. I don't know if you spend as much time on TikTok as I do, Elena. <laughs> I hope to God you don't. But there's this thing called duetting, which mm-hmm. is where you'll you'll put a song up or a, anything up, and then someone else can kind of do their version of it, which will be ultimately presented kind of on a split screen. Mm-hmm. And so she's been putting all these songs out for people to duet them. So all of these other folks are now kind of lending their voices to the project. Wow. This is the this is the anthem off of this forthcoming musical. It's called Dive. And I just want to play this too, because this is the one that's really racking up the uh, views. People are asking for the karaoke version of this song. Like oh it's not God. even out in the world. This does not even exist as an actual musical, and people want to be able to go to their local karaoke spot and perform this song, Dive, that this Harvard student wrote. Bag is packed, my hat is on, my plan is set. It's time to act, soon I'll be gone, I won't forget. Thank you, room, thank you, palace, hope that you don't mind. But I've got a life to find Now all of the fish in the sea can't stop me All of the waves in the world can't rock me I'm on a mission and gee, just watch me go Take that, Adina Menzel. That is, that is so good. This is the wildest part of the story to me. She has been approached by a number of Hollywood producers now who would like to try to develop this. I mean, I feel like this could completely be a Disney project that could, you know, warm the hearts of many and let's be honest, make a bunch of dough. Yeah. 
Yeah. But she also has to still write the end of it and present it for her senior thesis. She's cramming <laughs> on this, like, you know, like a journalism paper I had to write at the University of Washington that I was stalling on. Except the thing that she's stalling on is already being consumed by, like, half of the world, including in Korea. It is huge. Oh, that's like, It's big really news. blowing up in, in South Korea. So I just think it's such an interesting dynamic that she's going to have to walk in to her, and you're a professor, you actually know the terminology better than I do, but I don't, do you present your senior thesis to some kind of a a, a board of people? Yeah. Or what, how does that go? Sometimes you do. It's called a defense. So she might be defending this thesis depending on what the process is over there at old Harvard. I feel like my defense would be to just walk in. Put an iPad down with my TikTok page and then just hit play and then just like walk out. <laughs> just show like BTS doing their latest dance moves to, oh, <laughs> to your That would be so huge if she could get BTS into this. Um, so yeah, so that's that's the best news I saw this week. Julia Rue making the absolute best out of the not great situation we've all been in and creating some really incredible, incredible art. So look for that, I'm sure, on the big screen. And it will f- probably... Hopefully, knocking on wood, maybe the movie will be out at a time when it's, you know, safe and normal to go to movies again. So Popcorn. We do a Livewire staff trip yeah. to see this, this when it comes out. Hey, speaking of Livewire, here's a little preview of what's coming up on this week's episode of the radio program. We are going to talk to Michael Schur. He is a TV writer. He has created some of the best, funniest TV out there, Parks and Rec, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Uh, he also... Uh, is the creator of The Good Place, and he got really obsessed with researching philosophy when he was working on that TV show because it really poses all these philosophical and moral questions. He's kind of turned all that knowledge into this new book, How to Be Perfect, The Correct Answer to Every Moral Question. I feel like that was one of my favorite interviews we've gotten to do in a long time. What did you think, Elena? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm such a Good Place fan, but I just love the idea of how much work he did to make that situation comedy. Like, he, he is mm-hmm. able to talk about all of moral philosophy in this super accessible way. And the book is so cool. And he was so wonderful to talk to. And it was just, I felt great for the whole rest of the day after we talked. I did to too. I was telling everyone, <laughs> I just had a really great chat with this person. The other thing is it gave you and I, Elena, and the folks who might get the book or listen to the interview, some just catchphrases, some little things like dolars mm-hmm. and hedons that you can just Moral deploy. exhaustion. Yeah. <sighs> Moral exhaustion. Like now you can just, you know, this summer when barbecues are hopefully happening again and all that, you could just like casually mention Jeremy Bentham. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. it's it's a, amazing, some amazing tools to have in the toolbox, even if you don't do all the actual work that Michael Sure did. Uh, we're also going to talk to Demi Adigi eBay on this week's uh, radio show about the joys of writing music, including, I would say, the best parody of the Succession theme song out there. Oh, I mean, t- hands down. Yeah. Like by a mile. It's basically it's even... a Disney musical in itself. <laughs> That's right. Actually, <laughs> Demi Adigi eBay and Julia Rue collabing. That would really be something to see. He's also going to tell us about his uh, other writing projects and things that he's been up to, including a very weird, it's not a weird screenplay, but it's a weird event in history where some people were trying to spring a bad guy from jail by stealing Abraham Lincoln's body. Anyway, it's uh, quite the interview. You want to tune in for that. And then we're going to hear some non-parody music from Shovels and Rope. This incredible folk duo, they also happen to be married. This is a very personal album for them, so it's a real view into their life. That is all coming up this week on Livewire Radio. This 
All right, before we get out of here, let's thank the fine folks who made this episode possible. Of course, Laura Haddon is our executive producer. Our producer and editor is Melanie Sevchenko. Our assistant editor is Trey Hester. Special thanks to our intern, Jonas Myers. Good story finding, Jonas. Nice work. Uh, Molly Pettit is our technical director and mixer. Our theme music is composed by A. Walker Spring. And thanks to all of you, the best news listeners. Uh, We've got to head off for this week, but we will be back here next week at this time. In the meantime, go on out there and just have like the absolute best week. Uh, Just remember your donuts. Yeah. Think about the donuts of your day. Think about the donuts of your week, people. We'll see you soon. Woo! Dear Livewire, when we first met, I was really shy. I had no idea we'd spend so much time together or that you'd be one to fill my heart with with joy and make me want to be a better person. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know you were here. I was busy reading a review from one of our many, many rapturously smitten listeners. Oh, wait, actually, no, sorry. This is from Elena. Anyway, the point is, uh, it would be really helpful if you wanted to leave us a review. Feel free to say really nice things about us, and uh, we'll even read them now and then on the show. So you might hear your review of LiveWire read on the program itself. Uh, Reviews help other people hear about the show, and then we can keep doing this for a long, long time because we love having this job. Uh, Thank you so much if you've left a review, and if you're about to leave a review, you can go ahead and do it right where you get the podcast. 